I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is, is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Courtney, season three is actually rolling. We finally got into it. We're on Supernatural uh, right now. So people have been pretty excited about this since we kind of left it as a cliffhanger at the end of season two. Uh, But we're going to start it off here in season three. What did you think of it? This is one of the rare occasions where I barely took any notes because I enjoyed it. There wasn't <laughs> there wasn't a lot for me to say. Like usually, I'll jot down notes on things that were confusing or funny or weird. Um, not a lot to say. Like this was pretty well done. What did you think? I think it was really good for a pilot. Uh, they definitely put a good amount of money into it. The, the effects are good. Overall, it, it was a really bang up job. Uh, you could tell that they were heavily invested in this. This wasn't just like something that they were playing with the idea of it was kind of like i consider like a modern x files like they wanted to take it yeah. and reboot that to a much younger audience so it obviously was very successful show i i called it uh, in the few notes i did take a more mature are you afraid of the dark but are you afraid of the dark was like a different story it wasn't the same people with a continuous storyline no but the, but it's going to be one of those, even though it has like two main characters or several main characters, I think it's going to be one of those, just from judging it in the first episode, where it has like a ghost of the week, a demon of the week type thing, kind of the, in the similar format that um, Are You Afraid of the Dark takes on. I think Scooby-Doo would have been a better. Okay, yeah. Yeah. A live action Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah. Basically. I, I mean, I liked it. I, I never watched X-Files. Oh, okay. That's why you, because you have Sully and Mulder, and then all the different yeah. ghosts each week. Same. Yeah, thing. it makes sense. I think it makes sense, and I think it was good. This did start on the WB in two thousand five, which I think is why this looks so good. Uh, it because CW hadn't happened yet. It does obviously become the forefront of the network lineup for the CW, like after that, after the switch was made. But I think I was so comfortable with this first episode because it did start on WB. It ended just about a year ago in November, 2020. So the two main actors had to leave two other WB shows to be on this show. So Jared left Gilmore girls, Jensen left Smallville. Okay. They come do this show. It's very well known for its soundtrack, a lot of classic rock. And you could kind of see that in this episode. They kind of go through his, um, Cassette collection. Yeah, exactly. That he has in the car. And um, even some of the episodes are named after classic rock songs. So like Sympathy for the Devil, for example. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, And also like some movies. Like they have one uh, episode called like I Know What You Did Last Summer. There's some different things in there. Um, This should be like your thing. But even, I don't know if you know this, the car itself is like really well known. It's a 1967 Chevy Impala. They call it Baby. It's basically like a character itself, and I've seen it featured at different cons. Me too. I don't too. know. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. So before I even knew much about this, I have seen that. And then Jensen, um, Dean in the series, kept the car at the end of filming, which I thought was cool. Oh, did he? That's pretty yeah. cool. They probably had to fight for it, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people got connected to it. And they probably had more than one. I would think, right? After all these... so All the stunts and shit. They right. Do. It's got to be... I think it goes on like every adventure with them, so I'm pretty sure it probably has to 
be a few of them. Um, the first three seasons, I thought this was interesting, are a little bit darker. After that, they kind of do the Ghostbusters things where they put like a little like lightness and humor into it. Um, so I think by the end, we'll kind of see that worked into it. But the most astonishing thing that this show was on for 15 seasons. It's shocking to me. It's damn near a Law and Order franchise. <laughs> like, you literally know? could grow up with it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy. Um, Eric Kripke, he was the creator, the original creator of the show. He only planned for it to go for five seasons. So he actually left a showrunner after the fifth season because he had only mapped out like that many storylines. And I think, you know, after that long, people think like, oh, it'll jump the shark. But it didn't. Um, when it hit season 11, it became the longest running fantasy TV series. When it hit season 12, it became the second longest running consecutive sci-fi series behind Doctor Who and Smallville which we've also done on the pod. And then Supernatural obviously continued on for more seasons, reaching 327 total episodes. It's funny because I read a thing where when they reached 100 episodes, they're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we reached 200? And everyone just kind of laughed because they're like, yeah, we're never going to get that far. And 327, it's a big number. Um, do you know what kept the show going so long? Hmm. Just from like an outside perspective? I don't know. It had to be advertisements. It's Product the fan like base. This has a huge fan base. This show, I don't know, I don't know why, don't don't know the rhyme or reason, but it has a huge fan base. The ratings for the show were pretty much fine through the series, and even like season eleven and after, they did like a steady decline. But what kept it going is it has one of the biggest followings and most active fan bases. So even in its later years, like twenty eighteen, it had the largest amount of engagement on Tumblr, and there are. 125,000 pieces of fan fiction written about this show. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't, it's wild. They call their fans wayward sons and daughters. I don't know what that means, but if you do in the listening audience, please write to us on Instagram at spoil everything pod or we spoil everything.com, our website, because um, I'd be really interested to know what that means. Why, why they're called that. I mean, wayward sons, I could picture, obviously it's like those two, but I don't know. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. Like, like just i'm thinking of tina in bob's burgers her like erotic fan fiction that she writes about her friend like <laughs> yeah. like that's all i'm just picturing is like yeah people just just making steamy ro like romance novels out of this <laughs> yeah and it, the the weird thing is um they even had this tumblr where it was like they proved that there was a supernatural gif for like every occasion or like every like emotion or whatever. I don't know. It's so crazy. Like, I mean, I do remember when this ended last year, it was like a whole big thing. A lot of advertising around that, a lot of different things, but I'm like, wow, this show really, and I have seen them at cons and stuff like that, but mm -hmm. oh, quite yeah, a following. Super popular. Let's get into some characters. Also, I'm going to butcher like both of their names. So oh, their names are horrible. Jared Pedalecki. Who plays Sam Winchester, Ezekiel Gadriel? I, I'm pretty sure they get possessed at some point. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's technically a former Disney uh, Channel star. In 2002, he had a starring role in Disney Channel's original movie, Ring of Endless Night. Uh, he's incredibly superstitious, which is pretty ironic because a supernatural star is actually incredibly superstitious in the show in real life. So uh, he reportedly kisses his finger and taps the roof of his car whenever he drives through a yellow light. Oh, that's cool. That's a weird one. 
Um, he loves the smell of cookies baking. So during the winter, he stocks up on candles that smell like cookies. Wait, going back to that, you don't do like when I go over the railroad, I left my legs and touch the window and close my eyes. Is that just me? Over the railroad tracks? Just me? Uh, yes, just you. No, I, I did not make that I'm, up. That's a thing. Even when I'm, I'm driving, gonna, I'm like, Ooh. yeah, that's how you slam into the person in front of me by accident. <laughs> you shouldn't be bombing over railroad tracks <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's exactly where the fastest you should go is. <laughs> okay, go on with his fun facts. Jensen, uh, Eccles, Eccles or something. I think Eccles, who plays Dean Michael Demon Dean. So obviously. Uh, mm. At one point, Marvel wanted him to play Captain America or Hawkeye in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. However, he felt that it would be a huge commitment for his time and effort, so he decided to turn it down so he could focus on finishing Supernatural. Was he on Days of Our Lives? Yes, he has a bunch of awards for like daytime drama. Yep. And and I took that out because I have some like other better facts no i i'm asking because i recognize him from when i used to watch days of our lives Mm -hmm. so he must have been like one of like the ogs back in like the early 2000s i would say Uh, at one point he auditioned for the role of clark clint on smallville so then again what you were saying um uh Ironically, he did end up making appearance in later seasons as Jason Teague, who was meant to serve as an antagonist for Clark Kent, as well as a love interest for Lana Lang, thus creating a love triangle of sorts. Oh, neat. Apparently, before he left, uh, he before meeting the love of his life, he went on a, a like pretty much a blind date. So he got really drunk when he set the whole thing up, and due to his hangover, <laughs> he couldn't remember what the girl looked like. So he went up to the <laughs> wrong girl, and the other girl saw him, so... Yeah, they didn't end up. Oh, my God. (laughs) What the hell? Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who plays John Winchester. um, We needed more of him in this episode. Why was he only in the beginning? He looks totally different than he looks now. Like, he has, like, the fat face. And he just looks so different. I prefer a chubbier uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan because um, now I know he's aged and stuff, but he's too thin. Well, they that's because of them. one thing, and I'll, I'm going to talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, but he is like that Walking Dead episode where he had everyone lined up on their knees and killed two or three of them. It was awesome. I've actually heard of that before, even though I haven't. It was, it was like the best episode ever. So even though he plays Jared and Jensen's father on Supernatural, he's only 12 years older than Jensen. I could see that because in the beginning they're supposed to be little and he's their dad. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, he has a dog named Bisu, which means little, a little and sweet kiss in French. Uh, she's a female Rottweiler mix. <laughs> oh. So this is where he lost all the weight. So he had to lose 40 pounds in a short period of time to play a man with tuberculosis on Texas Rising, which is a history channel. Uh, series which was fantastic um he lost the weight by eating only one can of tuna per day oh my god yeah because he's very i mean i know he's gray now which i like so I don't, that doesn't bother me but he's very thin in the face now which is kind of not his usual look if you look him up in texas rising he looks like christian bale in that oh in the machinist 
Yeah. Yeah, that's no good. He's also so, married to the girl from One Tree Hill. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he started a graphic art company before moving to Seattle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He started a graphic art company in Seattle before moving to Los Angeles to become an actor. Oh, cool. Oh, so he's got like a little talent art. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of cool. And he's sexy as all get out. And um, everyone loves him. He's one of those people in Hollywood who's got like a twin, like Harvey, uh, ha- Javier Bardem looks just, they like look like each other. It's pretty. The, uh, what movie was he in? This is that the New Country for Old Men? No Country for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah there's like two or three of them that look like him too. There's another one. He's like a soap star or something. Looks like yeah, him. It's crazy. All right. Um, Courtney, I forgot to tell you this. Live watch. <laughs> Woohoo! All right, Courtney. This takes place in Lawrence, Kansas in 1983. Courtney, what do you know about Lawrence, Kansas? I don't know anything about Lawrence, Kansas, except for okay, I feel okay. like they should have accents. <laughs> Very true. But I'm going to drop <laughs> some knowledge on you. The city served as a setting for a number of science fiction writer James Gunn's novels, including the Morals in 1964 which was the basis of the ABC television movie and TV series, The Immortals, that ran from 1969 to 1971. It is also the setting for the 1983 television movie, The Day After. Oh, oh, that was popular in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. It's also, in this show, as you know, as their background, their, their hometown, Eric... Uh, Kripke, who was the creator, decided to have the two brothers from Lawrence because it's the closest to the Stull Cemetery, which is a location that's famous for urban legends and oh. is also destroyed in 2006 series Jericho, which I love. Oh, oh, I started Jericho because I love Skeet Skeet. Yeah, it's awesome. Love that. Yeah, it there, wasn't bad. There I got is, a few in. There's an active Facebook group that I'm still on where people are trying to bring it back still. Oh my god! It's gosh. one of those shows that was like canceled, brought back, canceled, brought back, yep. canceled, brought back. Yep. Uh, so it's really good. That's You're cool. Yeah. Um, Kansas tornadoes. I guess that's yes. like the thing yes. of Kansas, right? Tornado and Alley. Kansas, the band Dust in the Wind, also probably referencing a tornado. I bet we'll see some tornadoes in the series. I don't know if they ever go back to that town. Guess we'll find of course out. Maybe they go back there. to the town. They have to go back to the town to figure out what happened to the mom. I'll bet my hands to a donut. What? Hands to a donut? I'll put my hands on it. Okay. All right. Well, it opens with Mary Winchester lying in bed. She hears Sam crying on the baby monitor. She goes to invest, uh, investigate and she sees someone standing over Sam's cot. She assumes that it's her husband, John. However, she sees a lamp flickering, goes downstairs and realizes John is actually sleeping by the chair watching old World War II documentaries like your boy here. Uh, <laughs> she runs back up to Sam room, Sam's room. John is awoken by her scream and runs up to Sam's bedroom, but the baby is alone. Blood spatters from like above and lands on his hand. He looks Ugh. up to see his wife pinned to the ceiling by an unknown entity. Her body bursts in the flames, and the horrified father grabs Sam and gives him to Dean. He orders Dean to take Sam outside as fast as he can. Then he rushes back to save his wife. He's too late. However, the flames completely consume the room, forcing him to flee, and then the room explodes Like a couple moments later as they go outside. Yeah, this was... Um, did this? Have you ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street, like the original? Yeah, when he gets sucked through the bed. Yeah, that kind of what they remind me of. 
Right. Although, like, instead of a bunch of blood, it was fire. But I thought, I got a little puzzled because I thought he was <laughs> consumed by the fire, too. So then when he grabbed them outside and, like, his eyes did that, like, flicker, like, near the ambulance, I was like, oh, is something, like, bad with him? No, it, I thought it would, like, burst, like, the flames. And he was just, like, it looked like he was going to get about to get engulfed in it. And he must have turned around and ran out through it. Oh, okay. Because then through this whole thing, I was like, I expected him to come back later in the episode. And I was like, is he going to be the bad guy? I, I guess I didn't. <laughs> I guess I didn't pick up on that the right way. Like he was running towards the exit, but like turned around to see her like one last time and like yell for her. Oh, okay. It's like kind of, it was kind of like a, a backdraft kind of like blew out. Yeah. I wonder what his first thought was, because did you see when he just looks up at the ceiling before she bursts into flames? He's just like. Huh. Like what's oh, she that was doing the, up there? See, that was obviously <laughs> filmed with two different, two different, like point, like eye points. Yes, because he's not yeah. looking in the right spot. No, <laughs> it was very weird. Like he was just looking at her, like, oh, Mary's just hanging. Like it was so. That weird. was that was definitely like a huge drop ball on the production. That's that's on the producer, yeah. the director. You have to have like there was no line of sight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Focal point. Yeah. Yeah. He was was just like, like fake. (laughs) I don't know. It was stupid. I know he's a way better actor than that. No, he is. He definitely is. I love him. them. Yeah. Um, And then like, did you, how much do you think they paid that extra outside that played the cop that was like, you have to stay back. You have to stay back. Like everyone had like zero enthusiasm in the scene. The guy makes like two cents, two cents a month on residuals. They're just banking it. (laughs) Exactly. So it cuts oh, to yeah. present day. Sam is in bed with just a slutty nurse after a night oh, at the bar on Halloween night. He hears someone break in. He fights a shadowy intruder until he realizes it's Dean, who's 26 years old now, who's his older brother. Uh, he's a big fan of Sam's girlfriend and the Smurfs. Oh, my God. He's a pig. Isn't he? And I love it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they haven't seen each other for two years. Dean's explained they need Sam's help to find their dad who's been missing after going on a quote-unquote hunting trip. The pair steps outside to talk to discuss the family's obsession with find kill, like what killed their mom. Sam yeah, like is basically reluctant. the dad... I'm sorry. I just want to clarify this. Basically, the dad, he's been spending all their life since their childhood trying to figure out what the entity was. Yeah, and it's just like gone crazy. So when they go outside to talk about it, he just says like he wants a normal life, but he agrees to go help their dad. He p- kind of pops the trunk uh, to show him this voicemail from their dad. And inside is like a bunch of weird shit, guns, crossbow, weird, you know, paperwork, just like crazy stuff. Um, but he, he shows him this um, voicemail, has EVP on it, and Dean cleared it up so you can find a hidden message that said, I can never go home. Sam reminds Dean that if he goes, he has to be back by Monday for his law school interview. So they already, I guess here's where my, um, what my initial thought was and then how it changed. They already know about the supernatural thing. I was thinking that in the first episode, it would introduce them to like the world of like, uh, you know, ghost witches and whatnots. But I, it seems like they already know about all of that and they're semi-prepared. Yeah. Because their dad has been like on this crusade forever. And I mean, his older brother is 26, so he's been doing it like actively alongside of his father. Okay. Uh, um, and you you get um, Sam, who kind of wants a normal life because he kind of said, uh, he references, he said, dad said, if you go to college, stay gone. And that's what I'm doing. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. So we cut to uh, Jericho, California. <laughs> uh, a teenager named Troy is driving down the road when he sees a woman in white standing alone in the dark. He pulls over. She gets in. She acts seductively, teasing him with trying to show her vagina and asking him to go home with her. They did he says, several boob shots. Did you notice that? They, oh, yeah. they camera pan like several medium shots to the tits. I was like, is they, are they important in some way? Like I, I, I kept like folk, like too much hyper focusing on them. I'm like, are they going to play a part here? Like I didn't. <laughs> That's just what goes through a man's general frame of mind. Um, he says, hell yes. And he heads in a direction. Well, he was on the phone with his girlfriend at the time and then hung up, mm-hmm. which comes into play later. Mm-hmm. When they arrive at the house, the it's like derelict. And she tells him, I can never go home before vanishing. He gets out to look around, but gets spooked and jumps back in. When he looks in the rearview mirror, she's in the back. Uh, he freaks out, crashing through a barrier onto a bridge. The car stops, Troy's screams and blood spatters all over the window. Yeah, she kills him in the car. Crash being mm-hmm. The next morning, Sam and Dean see the bridge where the guys crashed. Uh, guys' car crashed the night before, and lots of cop cars. Dean pulls out uh, fake IDs for the two brothers to question the cops posing as U.S. Marshals. The cops say that he knew the latest victim's name is Troy, and that his girlfriend's put up missing posters for him, but they have no kind of like whereabouts. Downtown, uh, Dean and Sam find Amy, who's the policeman's daughter and Troy's girlfriend, to tell him that there are his uncles and they're looking into him. They go to a diner. She explains uh, he last spoke to him on the cell on their cell phone like from the car. Rachel's, who is Amy's friend, is there too. And she brings up a local legend about a girl who died on the Centennial Highway whose ghost hitchhikes and the drivers who picked her up, they tend to disappear. The woman in white. Mm-hmm. Dean is since Sam searched a big uh, the internet on a big old compact computer in the library. Yeah, yeah that was wild, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, for news items containing deaths, um, Sam butts in, goes and changes to suicide, and boom, they find a hit. A woman committed suicide after her two kids drowned mysteriously. Uh, it seems that Constance Wells jumped from a local bridge back in 1981, the same bridge where Troy's car was found. So basically, the story is she killed the kids, then she went and jumped off the bridge. Yep. Okay. What now? I know you're going to say the next part when they meet the old guy. I kind of got a little lost there, and why he was saying she would never kill her kids. I'm a little puzzled by that. All right, stick with me here. Okay. The bridge that night. Dean and Sam go to check out where Constance died. They go just go back to that bridge at night where they first were. They talk about more family stuff, and Dean gets upset with him for not even remembering kind of what their mom was like. Suddenly they spot a ghostly woman who's up kind of looking like she's about to jump off the bridge. They go to run after her and later, like as soon as they like see her go over, they can't find her. Dean's car starts up, comes up full speed as it tries to knock them down. The brothers run for it. Dean ends up diving into the bridge. He survives, but he's plastered with mud and then gets up into the car. He goes, that constant chick. What a bitch. (laughs) Um, I just want to say one thing about the way they speak. I'm glad it hadn't gotten that like soapy CW gloss yet, because I think it's a little more um, down to earth in this first episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They had some stuff in it that I wouldn't expect from CW, especially in a pilot. They pushed it pretty good, which is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So basically, they get to this hotel. They find a, a room where their dad's staying because what they do to keep money is they run credit card Ponzi schemes. <laughs> yeah. They don't actually uh, work a job. Yeah. And uh, Dean goes for food, but the cops arrest him for impersonating uh, a U.S. Marshal back at the bridge earlier. But he managed to call Sam first to tell him to, to run. Inside the sheriff's office, Dean gets interrogated and he told the suspect that he's a suspect in the disappearance, basically. Uh, the sheriff throws Dean's dad's diary at him and asks what the numbers mean. Dean seems surprised to see them. The sheriff's interrogation is interrupted by an emergency call uh, for like shots fired. <laughs> and Dean, uh, who's cuffed to the desk, picks the lock with a paper slip and escapes. It was actually Sam that called in the, the threat so he could escape. They've yeah. kind of, seems like they've done this before. Yeah, <laughs> it seems routine. Sam visits uh, Mr. Joseph Welsh and asks if John was here. Um, Mr. Welsh says that John was here three or four days ago, which is the dad. Okay. Uh, Sam asks him where Constance is buried and what happened back in 1981. Constance is buried at their old house. Obviously, he doesn't live there anymore because he doesn't want to live in the same house that his kids were killed in. Yeah. Sam fathoms out, kind of just by talking to him, that he was unfaithful. And suggests in temporary insanity, Constance killed her kids and then herself when she found out, thus becoming the woman in white. But why did she now he, kills did unfaithful the... men on the highway? I understood that part. Sam to leave. I didn't understand why the husband said that he she would have never done that because then in the end it turned out to be true. So I'm like, what was that? What was that line for? That just confused me a little bit. Because what he's doing, he's trying to deflect guilt off himself. Oh, okay okay because it's it's his fault because he was unfaithful that she went a little berserk and mm-hmm. killed the kids and then herself which is obviously batshit on her end yeah um also they but, seem like an odd pairing i mean i know he's aged quite some years but she's a rocket and he he's just like <laughs> he's like farmer jones yeah he's like a short little yeah i don't i don't know what he is he's he's he, like you could tell he wasn't good looking in his whole life yeah, no. that, that's the weird no. thing about. No, so yeah, she's killing unfaithful people. Basically, is her vendetta. Killing what? Unfaithful people. Like I said that's unfaithful. her vendetta. Yeah, yeah, unfaithful men. So Dean calls Sam, who is on his way to the old Welsh house where Constance is buried. Dean says that he knows Sam made the fake call, and that uh, Dean says that his dad left. Um, the journal, though he never goes anywhere without it, which is kind of weird. Yeah. He also says that the number in the dad's diary that the sheriff kind of like pointed and was asking him what they mean are coordinates, and that's where their dad has left um, the town Jericho that they're in to go there. Okay. Before they can discuss more, the woman in white appears in front of Sam's car. He drives right through her. He yells, and Dean knows something's wrong. The next minute, the woman in white is in the car with Sam, asking him to be taken home. When he refuses, she takes control of the car and drives it on its own. This is where things get a little rapey. <laughs> like, right? This, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the car stops outside Constance's house, and she just says that she can never go home. Sam figures out that she's probably too scared to enter the home. Constance jumps on Sam on the tent with making him unfaithful, which is like Courtney in college over here, just hops right on top. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's like, I've never been unfaithful at work. She's like, oh, you will be in a minute. I was like, ooh, I don't ooh, It's I like don't a look like at his face and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, what the? Well, he refuses to give into her, into her seduction. She starts to hurt him and transform into a real grotesque like kind of feature. Yeah. Um, Sam screams. 
And then Dean comes to the rescue by shooting at her. Oh, can I say something about this whole thing? I didn't care for the way that the flickering was edited. Like, instead of being, like, ghostly fades, it was it was almost, like, mechanical the way they did the flickers. Yeah, it seemed like I mean? they just, like, subbed out a whole face instead of, like... Yeah, instead of being, like, oh, a ghostly face and I've transformed, it's like, flicker, flicker. It's, like, almost, like, too, it's almost, like, too computery or something. Yeah, it's like the ghost ride at the Disney. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just I, that was just a side, but the distraction gives Sam enough time to drive the car straight into the house, taking Constance Spirit with him. Dean runs in, pulls Sam for the car, but Constance pins them up against the car with a desk. When all of a sudden Constance's dead kids show up, just as Sam had hoped when he drove them into the car, Constance was was too scared to face her children because of the guilt, obviously, of what she did. And they're like, Mommy. <laughs> Mommy. Like, all weird. It was sounded like one weird voice instead of, like, two children saying it. Like, just dubbed the same person twice. Mommy. <laughs> well, the kids take their mom's spirit with them to the netherworld, and, and like, all her apparitions vanish into a pool of water on the floor. And Dan is, uh, Dean and Sam kind of are free now from the um, the desk or whatever was pinning them. Yeah. Uh, on the way uh, out, they figure out their dad is in a place called Blackwater Ridge. But Sam says that he isn't going. He's going back to Stanford for his interview, 600 miles away. He's definitely not going to have time if he's trying to get back on Monday. Back at Stanford University, Sam seems happy to be home. He smiles at the cookies lying on the table. Remember, he likes cookies. Mm-hmm. He finds a note that says, missed you, love you. And the sounds from the shower make him feel like Jessica is probably home. He comfortably lies down, but then blood spatters on him. He's horrified to see Jessica pinned to the ceiling the same way his mother was. She bursts into flames and Dean appears at the right moment to rescue Sam. As the fire is doused down by the fire engines outside, Dean and Sam pack their stuff in the car. And Sam ends the episode by saying, we got work to do. It all comes full circle. We didn't need that girlfriend anyway. She was all sex and no substance. Yeah, she didn't have a lot of depth. Now we didn't need her ass. But I do think it's interesting that it ended the same way it began. And so that must mean that there is a particular, as you said, entity chasing them for their whole lives. For their whole life. And it must affect women that they fall in love with yeah i have affections for or whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah agreed there's got to be something within the family does winchester mean something like their last name i was wondering it was just kind of like a, a, t- a type of gun oh well i was thinking maybe that had a a relation to why they're i was thinking maybe it was like a salem thing or something no it's a it's a rifle that was like in the old west oh okay all right like a repeating rifle that they they had it was like a shotgun or a rifle yeah i think it's a pimp last name but i do think that there is a reason that they they've got something in their bloodline or something that means like why this thing would be after them right no idea um i thought it was pretty cool that it ended that way Mm -hmm. um i think it was a little graphic for like the wb back in the day like it was like we would be like, holy shit, that's kind of weird. That's kind of fucked up that they put that on there. So, um, yeah, 2005. Um, I had just graduated high school. Okay, so these are the years the of One Tree Hill, Everwood, Seventh Heaven, Gilmore Girls, Charmed, I guess, kind of falls in that. But the others were like very fluffy. You're right. Mm-hmm. This is kind of 
darker in graphic. Yeah, I, I, even for now, I mean, it, it still holds up. It didn't look dated at no, all to me. I didn't find it to look dated at all, even their clothing. Yeah, it's pretty evergreen, the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. you could obviously, in the Midwest, like, towns still look like they do in the 70s, too. So it's yeah. like, you, you <laughs> could put that anywhere. Yeah, I I really thought, I did not see where this would be 15, 16 years old. No. One thing I did realize is, like, they look really old. When I was looking for photos for our oh, Instagram really? page, like, now they they visibly look older. Oh, I'm going to, like, Google one right now. Especially, okay. Jer- especially Jared, who plays Sam. I think I didn't even think of that because I watched a little bit of Gilmore Girls when it was on, and I'm used to him looking young on that show because they're like teenagers. So yeah, I never gave it a mad. second thought. Because Dean, like, and I used to have the same chin when I was in high school. <laughs> and I don't now, so I'm kind of upset that he's now still you just have, now you and I just have a couple of those. <laughs> this is why I have a beard permanently. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! But no, I, like, I, wow, um, that's a great chin on that guy right there. I can appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate it's a that good face. Line. It's a good face. He played Eric Brady, by the way, on Days of Our Lives. Oh. So that's a the Brady family is a big family in that show. Just so, I just want you to know that. Oh, so here <laughs> I, I found the thing I deleted. So he actually received a fair amount of. A positive attention for his appearance on Days of Our Lives, which in turn his role, Eric Brady. For example, mm-hmm. he won the Soap Opera Digest Award for Best Male Newcomer in 1998. See? Furthermore, he was nominated for a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Young Actor in a Drama Series in 98, 99, and 2000. I told you early 2000. See, I wasn't too far off. That's when I used to watch it a lot. I watched it as a kid, and then, of course, those days, too. But that's cool. I um, Again, I enjoyed this. I don't have anything negative to say about it. One thing I did see that was really cool is they bring Constantine into this. Oh, okay. I could see that. Who's like one of my favorite because of Keanu Reeves when he played Constantine. Mm-hmm. I never watched the new one with the Me guy either. who it's like a crossover into this. Yeah. I'm not big into crossovers like in general, but yep. But I like the, the character Constantine because he follows the same footsteps as these guys. They're, they're very... They mesh well. Yeah. What I know about Constantine. Yeah. Yep. I could see that. Yeah. So that's that's pretty pretty cool. cool. No, I think it's neat. And I think, I mean, okay, 15 seasons. My thought is it's very much like I said in the beginning, a, um, and you equated it to Exiles, but there's going to be, you know, that, the enemy of the week, villain of the week type thing. Um, probably more overarching storylines, like the, obviously this, ceiling fire thing is going to be like the big bad of you know the season or the first couple of seasons maybe but but these smaller um pieces worked in there i want would we're not going to get any of these answers but what episode do you think um uh jdm comes back like third season oh okay oh wow okay or like second season maybe or maybe the very last episode of the first season okay Okay, that's neat. Because they have to like go 600 miles to Blackstone Ridge. Right. And then like track him down through there. They're not just going to find him. And that could just be, that's just going to be the next spot. And then something will happen in that town. It's like Highway to Heaven, right? Where you go like town to town, like doing And obviously, we know him that he he has a lot of things that he's in. So he's not going to be in here. He's mostly going to send the guys off on their own. Yeah. Or they're going to split up or something. 
I was trying to think of that year if he was like a bigger name than I think he was probably in Grays by then. Uh, maybe not. Maybe like the next year. So it's kind of well, hard to say. Hit me up with your predictions. Oh, God. I don't have any because we're, it's 15 years. Okay. How's it going to end? <sighs> maybe like the mother comes back to life or something after all these years. That's weird. That's too weird. It's too far. I don't know. I can't. I think the dad's going to sacrifice himself to kill the entity and let the family free from the curse. And the only two people that are going to survive out of all the relationships they had are just the two brothers. Well, definitely. But but what you're saying probably happens like season five. I mean, we're talking like 10 more years after that. What do you mean? No, they're going to fight this. this, That's going to be the last thing. No. The family curse has to be the last thing. I bet that I bet the dad is not in it for that long. I don't think. Well, he's I bet in you he comes back years. in the last season, and that's when it happens. I think it's going to be something just random, like people we don't know. I don't think he's going to be in it at all. That's my production. I think he's like long gone. Okay. Well, something has to kill the. I think that family curse is going to last all the way to the last episode, at least. Yeah, I think that family curse has a lot to do with it, and maybe they'll have kids or something, and something continues in in that respect. But I think the dad mm-hmm. is long gone. That's just my. After fifteen years, there's no way all these people hung on. I know those two did. I just know that. Yeah, I know those two. That's why I'm saying like everyone else dies except them two. Yeah. So probably just it'll be interesting to see know. what happens. You know, it's it's yeah. a long time. This and is it's a, a lot of different storylines. Yeah. So I'm trying to think like when we did Smallville. The thing with Smallville, though, is it was based on Superman, so you could make more educated guess. Like, this is an original concept, so it could be mm-hmm. anything. Literally, could be everything. Yeah, it could be the it could be the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, who knows, baby? Yeah. So, those are our prediction non predictions. Yeah, those and are we nothing. We will see else. you guys in a couple weeks for our finale, where we get everything wrong that we didn't that we and didn't see how much we it. like it once it switches networks and all those years pass by like we'll have to see like what are the special effects what are the you know what's the character development storytelling and stuff so and then when it gets picked up for a movie by netflix or hbo max <laughs> in a couple of years we might revisit it we'll do it again because <laughs> you know they like these guys if if it, there's still attraction for it there's money to be made oh it's a big deal yeah, it's a very big deal. And, it and ended, it's still fresh. So it's still fr- because it's like I said, it was a year ago. But even then, like, we're still sp- I'm still spiraling from Shit's Creek. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, God, that stinks. That Shit's Creek ended. I know. So that's what I mean. Like, when certain things have the cultural impact, it kind of goes for a while. And this has only been one year since it ended. It's going to be there's money to be made off of it. Like you said. Exactly. Like, look at Saved by the Bell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing's ever dead. Everything old is new again. And we will see you next week. So come back, follow us on Instagram at Spoil Everything Pod. Give us some more suggestions. Hit us up. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.